found it. It's the Japan One Podcast. Coming at you out of the back end of Tokyo. The armpit of Asia. It's Shinjuku. Coming at you out of the Toshihisa Cho Studio. This part of town where nobody comes to. That might change soon if you know what I mean. I'm having what you're having. My name is MatthewPMBigelow.com. That's where you can also find all of the wonderful information, topic lists, photos, and more that we discuss on this podcast. Japan's only podcast that I'm aware of that focuses on news analysis, artificial intelligence, trends, sometimes a little bit of local music, and more. MatthewPMBigelow.com. We're also doing the podcasting 2.0 compliant apps uh, I keep pushing these and I will continue to push them it's a product I believe in I'm not I, the only way I get paid for it is through Bitcoin donations that are submitted from listeners directly to me through the um, app interface um, it's a fantastic way to bring better UI to the user and a better um, revenue stream to the podcaster. It's very direct. A lot of the apps out there um, feature like it's a free app and then they put advertisements on it, whoever they are, and you kind of get your podcast list, but you also have to have advertisements on it. And sometimes it's not the best UI and they have some features that you don't need. The podcasting 2.0 compliant apps, um, just look up podcasting 2.0 compliant apps i'm using which ones i got two on the go right now um can i remember their names even though I'm, I'm constantly using them one is the podverse app and the other is the fountain app there are plenty others um they both look great and it's nice having a product where the where you the user is in mind to have a nice experience. It's kind of like what social media used to be like in the early the early Facebook days. It would be like, ah, I can put my stuff up on here and it looks good and it's not being pirated by psychotic Silicon Valley um, rapacious bizarre capitalists in search of the hidden meaning in all my data. This stuff doesn't do that. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, and again, you can hook up your Bitcoin uh, wallet apps and stream directly to partners if they have the Lightning logo, which mine does. Japan, what podcast? Hope everyone's doing good out there. Uh, last time I had a champagne problem with the um, segment of the show where we focus on new products, goofy, goofy weird stuff from Japan. Today I had the opposite problem, so we're going to the annals, or should I say the annals of wacky-ass products in Japan here, um, because, like I said, there just wasn't enough. This one is called Bathe in Poop with Japan's Latest Weirdly Wonderful Bath Bomb. Yes, you heard me right. Bathe in Poop, as if COVID wasn't bad enough. Bathe and poop with Japan's latest weirdly wonderful bath bomb. This comes to us from March 29th, 2022. At that time, there was a lot of pandemic stuff going on, so a lot of people may have missed this. Uh, so we're kind of bringing it back just to shine a light on what you may have missed during the pandemic, the so-called pandemic. How many people do you know have died from this pandemic? Me, I don't know any. Move aside, unicorns. It's, this comes to us from SoraNews24.com, which I hate. Move aside, unicorns. It's time for human poo to take the spotlight in the bathtub. 
Japan's love affair with human excrement has become something of a cultural icon in recent years, with the poop emoji personifying the cute side of the turd world and popping up on all sorts of weird places like textbooks, cafe molds, and ice cream. Now the poop emoji is here to take over your bathtub with something that's confusingly called the Rainbow Mini Poop Chocolate. Are we supposed to eat this thing? or bathe with it. According to its makers, the bath bomb is definitely made for bathing, not eating. And though it looks like a turd, thankfully it doesn't smell like it. It's imbued with the sweet scent of chocolate instead. With chocolate, while chocolate smells good, its brown color isn't the best look for a bath made of poo. So the sweet turd emits three colors of the rainbow. I'm going to have pictures of this at the website, MatthewPMBigelow.com. It's not every day you get to take a bath with a swimming rainbow turd that smells good enough to eat. If you'd like to enjoy the experience, the Rainbow Bomb Mini Poop Chocolate can be purchased from the Dreams Online Shop, I don't know if it's there anymore, and retail chains like Plaza, Loft, and Don Quixote. Don, 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 Don Quixote. Uh, if you prefer your your poop fruity, like some of you do, huh? you, you need show me freaks, then these peach and grape bath bombs are for you. Priced at 500 yen, these turds are a great way to bring a smile to your dial in the bathroom. And they'll make an excellent addition to this toilet piggy bank that wowed us earlier this year. Anyways, uh, that's today's very strange product. I'm not sure who this appeals to. Um, it probably appeals to 5% of the listening audience of the Japan Web Podcast. We've been getting some good traffic returns on our poop-related new product material. So um, I don't know if that's out of curiosity or should I say poopiosity. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to some more serious topics, everybody. we got a lot of serious things today. Ooh. That's what I forgot to mention in the in the in the intro there. I, I've been focusing a lot on AI in my life, um, uh, and also uh, music. Products are a way to kind of gauge where the market's at. Like if you have enough people with enough, you know, ex expendable income, it makes certain products more likely to appear than than not. Right. Recently, I think we're seeing fewer products um, in the markets because nobody has any money at the moment. It seems. Um, one thing I forgot though, is that we're on our way to war, it seems, and I'll be talking a little, a little bit about this later. And it's kind of, um, a, a preamble war strategy that I've been looking at f coming to us from more of like the, the so-called intelligence community. It's like, Hey, I'm part of the intelligence community. That's, that's a really Orwellian thing to, to think and actually say without thinking about saying it. It's like, ah, yes, the intelligence community. I'm not sure about that, but it's um, all of these uh, people with uh, links to the intelligence community that get jobs in think tanks, and I've been reading some of them and looking at them, and they have, I'll get into it later, but that should be like the thing. Uh, news analysis, artificial intelligence trends, and public infiltration of the information sphere by intelligence analysts. Eh, it's not really, a, it's not concise enough, is it? Um, we're going to get to some, we're going to begin with a little, uh, COVIDia and we'll move into bugs and also all that too. Stupid Gaijin of the week. Um, and some, is it or is it? 
but one thing that we could really got to consider with all of this is in Japan, even though it's like we've had more deaths than ever before, uh, for some reason it's still all about the masks. Um, and I have some ideas about this. I stopped COVID masking in May 2020. I'll still put on a mask if I have to go into a hospital or a clinic, um, you know, but I will push back if it's like I'm in the middle of a bookstore and there's no one around me and I don't have my mask on and some middle manager comes up to me who's short and ugly and says, you got to wear a mask, you know, in Japanese or in English. And I'll say, no, I don't. And they say, well, you have to leave. And I'll say, I'm leaving and go fuck yourself. Like, I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to get too angry, but I want them to know, hey, there's a bit of pushback from some people about these stupid, retarded policies you have. And I ran into one of those um, again. That's only happened like once or twice in all the time I've been here. But it's like, um, hey, Mr. Busybody, uh, pound sand is another way to say it. Um, but this comes to us from the Yomiri, and it has to deal with mask wearing. And when I was working at the Yomiri, it was like, wow, they... You were like, you, you were wearing masks um, without a doubt. A lot of the people there, the gaijins, especially big mask wearers, and like, hey, I'm not, I'm tired of seeing these foreigners walking around without their masks. They wouldn't say it like that, but that's kind of how it came across. This comes to us from a poll from the Yomiri. Um, this is from the Japanese one, uh, translated into English. And while the Yomiri does have an English <laughs> newspaper. Sometimes they take a few days to translate their leading news from the Japanese into the English and get it into the paper. Sometimes it's the next day, sometimes it's a few days. Um, but there's a lot of like um, back and forth, you know, how to word things. So I'm just using a machine translation software to get the Japanese to the English as quickly as possible. 69% um, of women and 51% of men want to wear masks as much as possible. Yomiri Pohl. In a nationwide poll conducted by the Yumiri Shimbum on the 17th to 19th of February, I guess, when asked about wearing masks in the future, 60% said they want to wear them as much as possible, far exceeding the 34% who wanted to wear them as little as possible. By gender, 51% of men said they wanted to wear them as much as possible, while 69% of women said they wanted to wear them, I guess, as much as possible. 60% they appreciate the government's response to the coronavirus, up four percentage points from the previous survey. The percentage of those who do not evaluate fell by five points to 32%. Um, is there anything more? I guess that's it. I thought there was more. Hold on a second. That's it. Just wanted to make sure that you guys get the information you need. Um, and it's, I can see this happening. Um, the amount of masking and the culture of masking, it could be here to stay. I personally hate it. It makes everybody look a lot more anonymous. It's creepy. It's weird. But then I wonder if this pandemic has pushed a lot of people to just give up on a lot at the same time. And Wearing the mask is a way to submit into that. I don't know. That's my own percolation <laughs> going on here. Uh, but I would like to just co cover a couple more things related to this mask poll. Um, I was in the fire museum with my son the other day, and you know, uh, I, I didn't wear a mask when I went in, and I'm like, I'm not like coughing and you know talking loudly and. I'm respectable. I'm respectful of, of and respectable. 
wearing a three-piece suit, of course, uh, of everybody. And I just keep my mouth shut and breathe through my nose quietly. It's this whole idea that I'm going to go and kill somebody's grandma. It's like it's three-year-old ideas that never really came to fruition. So I'm in there and blah, blah, blah. This woman comes up to me. She's like, Maska? I'm like, uh, no. And she walks away. And then a, a gaijin comes back who's working there. And, you know, we have this exchange. And he's like, well, yeah, would you like to wear a mask? I'm like, no, not really. I don't feel like wearing one. He's like, well, you have to. It's it's the policy of this store. I'm like, is it a law? He's like, well, it's it's kind of a law because you're in the fire museum and the fire brigade has a policy to wear a mask. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll wear the mask. So he gives me a mask. As he gives it to me, I just said, thank you for this stupid piece of cloth that's not doing anything. I'm going to wear it, but I just want you to know, I think this is dumb. And he says, a lot of people um, don't like this policy. And, and do, 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 do. I said, thank you for the mask. I think it's dumb. I didn't attack him or anything like that. I think that's fair enough. It's like, I don't want to wear this piece of cloth. I don't care that everybody's doing it. I went into, I got my uh, visa renewed and I went to the immigration center and there's a thousand people in the building. I was the only one not wearing my mask. I still got my visa. <laughs> I still got my visa. <laughs> so it's kind of an anecdote. Um, you know, more people died this year in Japan than any other period since World War II. 1.5 million, 800,000 births. We'll get into that. Why so few births? Is it because of something that's going on? We just don't know. But everybody's just focused on the mask. As long as you wear this magic talisman, everything will be great. That's just what people believe. You sit down at a restaurant, everybody takes it off. But as soon as you stop eating, you put it back on. It's like become a manner. It's disgusting. One thing that's really getting gross, though, and I've talked to more people about this recently, um, is the paraphernalia of the COVID era uh, displayed on all the tables and things like that. A lot of places are taking them down, but they're still up. This, like in convenience stores, would be like, don't sit here because of coronavirus. And it's like this plastic laminated piece of paper. And it's been there for three years. And it's disgusting. Like the edges are peeling off and it's covered with mold. And there's plastic and acrylic dividers that have been up everywhere for the past few years. Somebody might wipe it down once a day. But, you know, if you're at a ramen restaurant, everybody's splashing their noodles all over the place. Like that stuff gets into the nooks and crannies on those little divider holders and all that. So we're just seeing this disgusting layer of ignored filth and rapid death spread through the entire society and it's actually a problem because you look at it and go that's fucking gross and then you kind of go there's so many people dying and then you go outside and they're just like well wear the mask it's yeah talk about a band-aid solution i think that's about it for the for the mask for today let's take a look at the next story i always wear my mask and wash my hands after going home I also have antivirus sheets like this. Never really sure where some of these segments are going to go. It's like, oh, that one will be like 30 minutes. And five minutes later, you're like, eh. <laughs> screw that. Let's take a look at some business, actually. Um, and this goes to the idea of publications in Japan reporting on China, but not they perhaps don't really know what's going on in China because... The data from China is different from the analysis within Japan, and we'll just take a look at that right now. 
So this comes to us from a couple of sources in Japan. And some of these stories aren't like from yesterday. This The Japan News, the Japan What podcast is focused on news, but it's news analysis, meaning something could be happening a couple of weeks ago. Something else happens yesterday. We take a look at both of those things together. Most daily news analysis is you don't need it. It's like, hey, we plan to do something by the year 2037. And okay, and then you move on to the next thing. It doesn't really make sense. So this is um, two things that are kind of leading into this other thing that I'm going to talk about. China no longer viable as world's factory, says Kyocera. This comes to us from the Financial Times, which is a pretty crazy globalist globalist website. We're not going to get too much into that news because it's it's not loading anymore. Um, China no longer is as viable as the world's factory. And then Sumitomo, which is, you know, Kyocera and Sumitomo, one of these big you know, companies, to bypass China in EV rare earth supply chains. One interesting thing about the supply chain networks um, for... Uh, rare earths is we commonly assume that China has 98% of the rare earths. No, they just provide it or some ridiculous number like that. But off of some islands in the Japanese exclusive economic zone to the south, uh, enough rare earth metals have been discovered in like off island sludge that could supply the world for hundreds of years or something like that. So it says, Japan, Japanese trading house Sumitomo Corp plans to supply rare earth elements. This is from, coming to us from the Nikkei.com uh, for electric vehicles without involving China. Um, Nikkei has learned Sumitomo will substitute U.S. and Southeast Asian companies for rare earth element production, which involves long and complex process from mining to smelting. We get it. So this, this idea of divesting or breaking away from China, which leads us into war, because you can't really, you know, supply supply China with the money it needs to build the armies that it's going to kill you with. That's the idea. Although we can kind of see right now, um, th- those two news stories were from like a couple last week or a couple of weeks ago. The one that I just clicked on was from February 21st. So, oh my God, why is he bringing it up? Well, I was looking at um, some graph trends about uh, China and export and stuff like that. And this is just a couple of them. I'm going to try to read these graphs. And I'm not bad at reading graphs. I'm not great, but I'm better than most. Uh, This is passenger vehicle exports by country. Um, And this goes from 0 million units to 5 million units from the year 2010 to the year 2022. The largest export gain... Uh, was China by a lot. It, in in 2020, it was at the bottom of the list, and the list is um, Japan, Germany, China, and Korea. In 2020, China was at the bottom, Japan was at the top. In 2022, China is in third place of four, but it surpassed Korea, and it's edging up towards Germany. So this trajectory implies that in the next four to five years, China could be leading the world in vehicle exports by country. Just to go back to the beginning of the graph, when it starts in 2010, China was at the bottom. It was like at a couple hundred thousand a year. By 2022, it was 2.3 million a year. Whereas Germany um, in... 2010 
it was at four million a year, but by 2022, it was at just over 2.5 million a year. So it went from 4.4.2 million in 2010 down to 2.6 million in 2022, whereas China went from 20 from 2010 just to a couple hundred thousand a year by 2022, surpassing 2.2 million a year. Japan is still at the top. Japan and Germany in the early 2010s and the early 10s were competing. They were kind of going up and down. One would surpass the other and da, 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 da. But by the year 2017, when all this green craziness entered the mainstream political floor in Europe, we see just Germany plummeting down. It's still above Korea. Uh, but we really see Japan also taking a dive too because as China exports all of the technology, it, it kind of stole and then reimagined uh, much cheaper prices to the global south. It creates a massive market opportunity for the Chinese who are able to you know, cut out all of the deals with Toyota and Ford and all these companies that they were kind of using. If you don't know about Wuhan, China, it's a it's a it's an automotive city. It's it's an everything city. So all the circuitry that goes into cars, uh, car development, it's it's the Chicago of of something like that of, of China. They just they're the factory of the world where they have been. So they take all the know how, they cut out the middlemen, Japan and the West. Then they reduce the prices even more and export those cars, probably with massive subsidies by the government, to overtake the global south in their export policies. And that's what we're seeing as well in other graphs that are mirroring from different sources. Um, and this is just nuts. So I'll just say that again. Uh, Japan went from 4.2 million exports in 2010 down to 3.3 million in 2022. Um, and then China went from two or 300,000 in 2010 up by 2020, it was less than a million from 2020 to 2022. It went from 800,000 a year to 2.4, 2.3 million a year. So we're seeing a massive ramp up. And if Japan can compete with that, they can, but we're going to see, um, China provide these cars probably to uh, more and more markets uh, undercutting the cost of uh, Western and Japanese companies. This is also evident in another graph. This is a far more complex graph, but we're just going to take a look at it. And it says China exports to global south. Um, So let's take a look. China to the global south has been exporting, like the global south in this graph includes countries like Turkey, India, Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, Philippines, Brazil, Mexico, a nice variety, right? You got a few different continents in there. Um, these numbers are a little harder to read. The There's the XY gra- axis, or for those who, I'm just going to say left-hand you know, the side and then the, there's the bottom. The side in the is the U.S. month, USD per month, and it goes from zero to 70000 It's got to be more than just $70,000, right? But we won't focus too much on that. And it goes from June 2012 to June 2022, so a nice solid 10-year time frame there. And it will just give you the, the entire exports to the global south. It starts off at this 22000 number in 2012, and it goes up to almost 70,000 
in um, 2022, June. So you, that's like a almost a, a dub, tripling pretty much, more than a tripling in 10 years of China exports to the global south. It did decrease in December of 2019 through 2020. It spiked up and down a bit, but since May 2020, just like with the car graph exports, we just saw this massive right up to the top, right up to the top, just right up to the top of that graph. Exporting, wildly increasing, skyrocketing. As any of those verbs you want to say, wildly increasing, skyrocketing. What are the not the opposite of no? A surging is another one. But I think a lot of the a lot of the lacking things we find in the Western hemisphere of goods, like you know these things that come out of China. China just might be exporting them to favorable countries. They, China might be getting tired of of America and Biden and Europe and kind of having to kowtow to their needs and all these just crazy environmental policies. China has been developing amazing amounts of, of coal-fired power plants. So like, well, we'll make an effort to reduce it, you know, at these trade conferences or the hullabaloo that we see every quarter of all these people from all these different countries that get together and smile at each other. Yeah, we're going to reduce, yeah. And then uh, China's like, <laughs> all the rest of the world is like, maybe we need to introduce carbon capture technology and put carbon into the ocean beds. Yeah, let's do that. Let's focus all of our resources on that while China just goes. And then China's like, see you guys, screw you. You're nuts. And that's the fact. The West is nuts at the moment. They're not focusing on the right things. China, uh, Japan is is wrapped in in all this because of its security trade, treaties and trade treaties. Um, and even as... These countries like Vietnam, Thailand, and Malaysia try to be like, yes, let's work with the West and be democratic. They're also like, screw you guys, you're nuts. Everybody thinks the West is nuts. And those that don't think it are in. They're they're in in that that envelope where they're like, oh no, we gotta make these carbon capture technologies that put CO2 back into the deep ocean bedrock. It's the only thing that makes sense for 2030 and 2050 net zero ambitions. They're legally binding. China. <laughs> Everybody's like, the Uyghurs. And even I'm like, yeah, the Uyghurs, of course. But what about all these other things? So like, no, 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 just the Uyghurs. Uyghurs in Taiwan. That's it. Crazy what economic data can do to you. You just look at that and go, wow. We're going to take a look next at another COVID situation, potentially, in Japan. Coronavirus. If the Wuhan flu doesn't kill you, then media panic will. Now do whatever the government tells you to do. I should have played that. I'll play that again with the, um, the earlier segment. I'll go put it in and post don't even need to say that, do I? This is crazy. Um, this is indeed nuts. And I'm putting it as part of the coronavirus thing because we don't know why why people are dying. So I have a couple of different sources here because it's so sensitive. But um, 
Deaths jumped 8.9% in Japan in 2022 to almost double birth total. Record 1.58 million people died, showing the impact of aging population and COVID. Doesn't say anything about the vaccines. Nothing about the vaccines. The deaths were going down before the vaccines. After the vaccines, the deaths really increased. That's because the population is older. In fact, the vaccines probably stopped more people from dying, which is a weird thing to say. I always counter that argument with, yeah, I had uh, three beers yesterday. I got kind of buzzed, but imagine how drunk I would have been if I hadn't had any beers at all. Tokyo deaths in Japan jumped nearly 9% in 2022 from the previous year, underscoring the severe impact of the aging population and the COVID pandemic. A record 1,582,033 people, including foreigners living in Japan and Japanese citizens living abroad, died last year, according to preliminary data released by the Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare on Tuesday. The pace of the rise in death jumped from 4.9% in 2021 to 8.9% in 2022. Oh, yeah, because the amount of aging population also increased that much? I wonder. A large number of people died after being infected with COVID. 72,000 pandemic-related deaths since the onset of the disease in early 2020. But the underlying, underlying reason is the graying of society, with a government estimate last month showing that 29% of the population is now 65 years old or older. The number of deaths was nearly the double that of births. The number of newborns fell 5.9% to 799,728 in 2022, with the pace of the decline accelerating from 3.4% the previous year. Wow. What happened then, huh? This stems from the shrinking number of Japanese of childbearing age. It's a factor. And their declining propensity to have children. The decline in births came 11 years earlier than previously forecast. A 2017 study by the National Institute of Population and Social Security Research predicted that births, including those to foreign parents, that's a me, would drop below 800,000 in 2033. Wow, interesting, huh? I did manage to... In the Epoch Times, the Japanese version... I managed to get a machine translation that this is the only one that I could find that had anything to do with side effects of vaccines. So I'm going to read it. Um, I'm in the vaccines are not helping with people living longer camp because that's what the data suggests. Are excess deaths caused by side effects of vaccines? Quote, Autopsy-based histiopathological characterization of myocarditis after anti-SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. That's the name of the um, our, uh, paper. Published November 27th in the medical journal Clinical Research in Cardiology, Pathological Characteristics. According to patients who received the mRNA vaccine had their hearts damaged by autoimmunity. The autoimmunity, autoimmunity caused by the heart caused the heart to beat many times per second and then uh, tachycardia. 
He made a pathological diagnosis that if a state of increased heart rate occurs, death will occur in a few minutes. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Health, Labor, and Welfare is about to start giving free coronavirus vaccines to the elderly in May without investigating the cause of the largest excess of deaths since the war. That's a machine translation. It's not perfect. You can kind of get a gist of it, though. There's even so, I wish there was more information, how it's just like, um, yeah, it was the most deaths ever after this uh, experimental shot was rolled out to everybody. And I'm like, excuse me, can we have more data on that? And they're like, no, graying society. Well, why, why, why are the births decreased by so much in one year? People are not having as many kids. Yeah, I know those are two things, but that's not a one and one all, you know? It's, how did that person die? Well, you know, he would say, oh, he got his finger cut off and then it got infected and then it had nerve damage and then he got on some medications that slowed his heart rate down and then he did some cocaine and it's like a, a massive list of things that would cause somebody to die. But with this information, it's like, shocking number of information. 1.5 million dead. Highest ever since World War II. Under 800,000 births. Lowest ever on record. Almost a decade and a half ahead of time. Wow, we were sure wrong about those predictions. It's because we have a graying society and fewer people having kids. You've had a graying society in Japan for decades now and fewer and fewer people having kids for decades now. This is not connected the way that well yeah i would personally like to see it yeah imagine if they just said vaccines are the murderer i'm not even saying that i'm saying there's a lot of us that have questions about this data we would like to see some answers and all we get is no meanwhile when covid was in full swing it would be like um Rolling Stone would be like, yeah, there's so many people unvaccinated that people who get shot can't even get in to get treated fake news some kid was had covid and he died thereby proving kids could die from covid the kid was born with his intestines on the outside of his stomach there was such a rush to connect these two things and it happened for years and then those of us who decided not to get vaccinated were constantly scolded like you're gonna die 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 like no we're not gonna die i hope not don't get vaccinated. I'm fine. Don't die. And then all these other people start dying. And I want to know what the fuck is killing everybody. And they're like, no, it's just a graying society. All right, moving on. Coronavirus. If the Wuhan flu doesn't kill you, then media panic will. Now do whatever the government tells you to do. If you like what we're doing here at the Japan What Podcast, why not consider a donation? You can go to paypal.me forward slash Japan WUT, or why not make one of those secretive and interesting Bitcoin donations available through the lightning empowered apps of the podcasting 2.0 revolution. Put freedom back in your hands, literally, and give me a jolt some of those sats we need to stack the sats stack the sats and keep them stacked stat thank you you can also go to matthewpmbigelow.com see some pictures click some news article links 
and send us some traffic. Trust me, we need it. All right, what's going to be next here? Um, I was, yeah, we, let's, let's do this. Um, somebody very important has uh, passed on in life. This is, of course, and we will send them our best regards with the... It's a cult leader or a religious leader, however you want to say it. But this is Happy Science Cult Leader Okawa Dies at 66. Um, Ryoho Okawa, the Happy Science is one of those things you kind of see sometimes in Japan. They also have the political party, the Happiness Realization Party, I think it's called. They kind of get more and less votes depending on what's happening. And let's just take a look. I have some interesting audio for this as well to play. Ryoho Okawa, the leader of the Japanese happy science movement, who claimed to be able to communicate with the spirits of anyone, everyone from Jesus to Donald Trump, died Thursday, age 66, local media reported. Uh, the cause of death was not immediately known, uh, but Okawa was the singular leader and founder of the Happy Science Group, which was started in 1986 and claims to have members in more than 168 countries. The group believes in spiritual reincarnation and the construction of a global utopia, but faced public opposition for the personality cult around Okawa, including from his own son, Hiroshi. I'm not going to read Hiroshi. <clears throat> Among Japan's public, Okawa was perhaps best known for claiming to be able to channel the spirits of the rich and famous, as well as the books he authored based on what he said the spirits told him. Recent publications include addresses from the spirits of Russian President Vladimir Putin on his decision to invade Ukraine, Jesus Christ on the pandemic, and Queen frontman Freddie Mercury after the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. Bismillah, no! Um, Put a gun against his head. Pull the trigger, now he's dead. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. All that stuff. This guy is a really interesting person. I have an excerpt from his book about Vladimir Putin. And this book is called Putin's Real Intentions on Ukraine Invasion. Interview with the President's Guardian Spirit by Ryoho Okawa. And this comes to us from Chapter 2, Historical Background Behind the Ukraine Problem. And this says, Ryoho Okawa is the only Japanese who correctly understood the intent of the invasion of Crimea or Crimea. I'm going to uh, excerpt the interview starting now. Putin's guardian spirit says, NATO must be destroyed. It's against God's will. A bunch of stupid people gathered around and made a coalition of the weak. They need to stop dragging the world down with them. Obviously, there is no leader. 
Stop dragging the whole of Europe from around Belgium. It doesn't make sense. What would they know being in such a small place like that? It's really annoying. NATO at first was a military organization of the EU, but more towards the US. But the EU was originally designed to compete against Japan. The EU was created because Japan became too powerful and was about to overtake the US. This is Putin's guardian spirit, mind you. None of the European countries could win against Japan either. That's why they all gathered to counter Japan. The EU was really made to go against Japan. But Japan fell on its own. And thanks to 30 years of stagnation, it was no longer the enemy. The EU then looked for the next enemy and saw Russia reviving, then decided to throw a punch. So it means I've been very successful in the economic recovery and the restoration of national power over the last 20 years. That's me channeling Putin's guardian spirit. In Ryoha Okawa's book, Putin's Real Intentions on Ukraine Invasion. Available at a bookstore near you. Now, I was reading it, and I don't know if you noticed, but it may have been kind of a dramatic voice. Um, that happens sometimes when you're channeling guardian spirits. Um, now, as you can imagine, there's probably a lot of content out there that ridicules Mr. Uh, Ryoho Okawa, but he did have a following, and those followers right now are probably pretty bummed out. And I don't want to play more content that would uh, make any of those people feel bad. I mean, they have the reasons for following them. I don't know. I'm just kind of storming in here and crapping all over the place on something I really don't understand. So I'm going to finish this segment just by playing um, from his own words. His own words on his own YouTube channel when he was still alive. This is uh, an excerpt. I'm not going to play the full thing, but I'll play the whole thing. It's just so that people out there listening can get a feel of who this person really was. He speaks English pretty well. His name is Ryoho Okawa, the founder of the Happy Science Party and their political arm. And this is his YouTube video, Discover Your Light Body and Become Angel. You are not physical body. You already, you already know about that. You are physical body and astral body and causal body and light body. You have four bodies. And last one, light body means light itself when you meet angel angels in the heaven you can see this white light or golden light all right the wise words from uh, Ryoho Okawa and now maybe he is seeing his own light. Safe travels, Mr. Okawa. For you, I give you your final hello, or is it a uh, first goodbye? Here we go. go, go, go. 
Nice. Um, I wanted to play some uh, AI stuff for today. There, I, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago with the um, scandal of um, the Kaiten Zushi, the go-around Zushi. Uh, some young kid was, was filmed by his guardian or his dad licking and touching the sushi and uh, and the soy sauce bottles and all that. And, it, you know, that's not good. It makes everybody not want to go there. It racked up, like, millions and millions of views on social media. Then some other people came out. I saw some other person, like, spraying disinfectant on the sushi and stuff like that. So we're seeing kind of this backlash. I, I wonder if it has to do with just, like, kids being masked up and told the world is ending. It's like... The world is going to end and you're going to kill grandma and everything's going to be poisoned and your future sucks. Let's go out for some sushi, son. Remember to be a good boy. It's like, what do you, how do you think kids react to this type of pressure? Not good is the answer. Not good at all is the uh, definite answer. Um, but uh, apparently some uh, sushi places are using their in-house cameras with their you know, they're basically artificial intelligence cameras to detect if people like put a... Oh, wait, I should have the Japan Society 5.0 clip for this. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. All right, that's enough of that. So major sushi restaurant chain operator Kura Zushi Inc. said Thursday it has installed camera systems equipped with artificial intelligence on conveyor belts at its restaurants. After the industry was shaken by a series of incidents involving customers licking soy sauce bottles and conducting other hygienic acts. Um, as you know, with all of these things, Again, customer sentiment just gets super low. So they're, they're doing their best to mitigate these things. Um, the major scandal has impacted on the sector as subcases were re uh, recorded and posted online. Kudazushi, which already had cameras installed at its restaurants for counting customers' plates, has modified its system so that it can identify suspicious behavior, such as returning a plate to the conveyor belt. This is the great thing with... Um, software inside of cameras is that it's a yes and thing you don't need to rewire the entire system and install new cameras with new settings it's like on the software side of things you just program the data to find actions it's like return plate to conveyor belt and this wouldn't be focusing on the face either like you could focus the camera right on the conveyor belt uh, hand comes into the frame the computer identifies hand with plate and then it captures that moment where it puts the plate on the conveyor belt then you get the people going the people you get the staff returning to that table where it happened and uh maybe i don't know i don't know what you do after that uh, the actionable uh, data is up to the company to decide its offices in saitama prefecture near tokyo and osaka will be notified once the system detects such behavior and the restaurant in which the incidence occurs will be informed the new equipment can identify the specific plate and seat number in question it said and of course that's great for lawyers the lawyer the the legal team can immediately start filing um, uh, lawsuits against people in real time you go to you go to pay your bill and you get served an affidavit or something like that you get served like a, a court date 
oh, yeah, that'll be 1,000 yen. And you're doing court after this. We have a court uh, right on the back end of this sushi restaurant. It's automated. Just get onto this conveyor belt and await your fate. That's one thing. Another thing that's not related directly to Japan, but it could be, is the um, the GPT phenomenon. If you're not familiar with the GPT phenomenon, it's it's kind of similar to, it's being covered in the news similarly to how chatbots were covered in the news like 15 years ago. It's like, I had a chatbot in my office and the secretary refused to do her work. I don't know where this chatbot industry is going. And then you never hear about chatbots again. And maybe the secretary just got bored 10 minutes later. It's like, it's asking me the same questions. I'm, I'm busy. Um, but one thing that chat GPT can really do well is you can give it things like code. You, you can teach it code. It will learn to code. And then it will do those codes based on your prompts. Um, this comes to us like uh, I got GPT to write an advertisement for the Japan What podcast, MatthewPMBigelow.com. And it just gave me back like a very standard thing. Tune in to figure out the latest Japanese news with a quirky analysis and uh, guests from around the world. It's... It, we're living in such a cliched world that so much of everything around us has already been done over and over and over again, like a lot of TV shows. And this extends into when we have something new that comes along, like a trade, once it becomes a network and then the network becomes automated, it, it, it serves itself in a way. So the, the innovation becomes just layered into society and it, and it gets repeated in a way. One thing that's interesting is this idea of um, using all these data points around the world. Like if you're a disc jockey or something like that, you would get the weather report, you'd read the weather report, you'd introduce the song, da, 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 da. All that can be automated now with GPT. This is called Radio GPT. This is an English service, but it could easily apply to Japan or wherever you are uh, in the world. Um it's it's from Vimeo. It takes a couple, less than a couple minutes, but just take a look and see. This is, of course, amazing innovation, but at the same time, it's not, not offering anything new. Futury is revolutionizing the audio industry with the launch of Radio GPT, the world's first AI-driven localized radio content solution. Radio GPT combines the power of GPT-3 technology with Futury's AI-driven story discovery and social content system, Topic Pulse, as well as AI voice tech to provide an unmatched localized radio experience for any market, any format. Using Futury's patented automation link and patented Topic Pulse system, along with AI voice technology, Radio GPT brings a radio station to life. I can see what's in your music log and talk about the songs or artists on your station. I can see what's happening in your local market right now and talk about it in real time. I can post on your Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok during my show and talk about what's coming up. I am great at teasing and pre-promoting content going into breaks. I can talk about the weather or traffic. I can see how many people are listening right now through Futury Streaming and say hello to certain locations. I can take open mic audio from listeners using Futury Mobile and incorporate their thoughts, questions, and feedback into my show. I can share news updates and current events relevant to your audience's interests and demographics. 
I have experience conducting engaging interviews with notable guests and experts. I can give away prizes, tickets, and exclusive experiences to listeners through on-air contests using Futury Mobile's Flash Contesting. I am skilled at creating unique and entertaining breaks that keep your audience engaged and coming back for more. And it goes on from there. So it's a, it's a complete platform, but it just, it, this whole, it's not artificial general intelligence, which is something that becomes sentient and takes over the world. It's, it's just amalgamating data. It takes the weather data. It takes like, how many times have you heard 99 red balloons on the radio? Or do you know about a certain song that maybe has 150 million views on YouTube? There's going to be enough data on that song to kind of say, here's a here's a song that keeps you rocking. And then you play the song. Oh, our, our listener from Joe says, great work, you know, blah, blah, blah. By the way, if you're in Tokyo, the weather will be sunny and clear until 3 p.m. I'm, I'm sure it's much smoother than that by now. But a lot of these things that we kind of assumed would like be this human-driven thing, eventually with enough repetition and not enough innovation could just be taken over by this type of media platform. It can't do this podcast, which makes this element of our lives truly human. That's why you should donate at Japan. Nope, got it wrong again, Bigelow. PayPal.me forward slash Japan WUT. Pretty interesting stuff. The fourth industrial revolution will enable us to create a new society. Artificial intelligence will transform the big data collected through the Internet of Things into new wisdom. Society 5.0, a technology-based, human-centered society. industrial revolution will raise our standard of living and solve various challenges we face it will for example all right that's enough of that um, I, i'm gonna put off some of the things i was teasing at the beginning of the show to the next show the intelligence um aspect takes a little bit more time to cover than i have right now the studio time is about up so that's that uh i will finish off on something that i have been sitting on for a while and it's something that I've been thinking about for about a decade now. Uh, and this is the idea of aging drivers in Japan, where you have this graying society that are just mysteriously dying by the rates we've never seen before because they're graying, which has always been the case. There's, uh, But anyways, this says, to postpone the aging process, keep on driving, article urges seniors. Maybe this is why they're all dying. Um, this is insane. I know I know 60-year-old people getting involved in car accidents with 85-year-old people and vice versa. Uh, so we're, we're dealing with segments of Japanese rural areas with millions and millions of people who are over the age of 65, 80, 70, you know, goes on and on. They're just plowing into each other all the time now in their cars. It's crazy. Um, during the New Year holiday period, TV news reported a number of traffic accidents. One involved a driver who, while waiting for the traffic lights to change, was rear-ended by a car traveling at a high rate of speed. Another mishap concerned a driver attempting to enter an expressway via the exit ramp. In both cases, elderly drivers were judged to be at fault. 
A common type of accident involving seniors behind the wheels is so-called pedal misapplication. Nikai Gandai, which is a magazine, recalled a highly publicized accident in Tokyo's Ikebukuro district that occurred in 2019 in which a 87-year-old retired bureaucrat lost control of his Prius, ran a red light, and raced through two more intersections. He was going 96 kilometers an hour at the time he struck a bunch of pedestrians, killing a mother and child. This guy tried to, like, just apologize and go home, (laughs) as if that's going to be okay. Uh, But a psychiatrist specializing in geriatric issues and author of last year's best-selling Hachijisai no Kabe, uh, The Age 80 Barrier, to the extent that they are healthy, continuing to drive will help seniors ward off the ravages of age. This is a weird... A lot of Asian societies revere the elderly, and I think that's really nice. Uh, People are, like, respectful to the old, uh, the elderly, the aged. But there comes a point where you got to be like, listen, we have a really terrible birth rate going on here, and we can't afford 80-year-old people to just plow into them so they don't get dementia as quickly as they did before. You got to just stop. This is where self-driving cars could be useful or the so-called 15-minute city you could even you could even advocate for. I don't. Uh, but this guy, this psychiatrist, believes the characteristic accidents among seniors, such as pedal misapplication and driving up exit ramps, may possibly be related to prescribing of certain medications and promises to take up that issue in a future column. Wink, wink. We might cover that when it happens, but still. Encouraging, encouraging. Of course, the guys, like psychiatrists, are concerned with their target market. So he wants to get as much money from these people as possible. So he's like, continue to drive. Plow into those young children who are yet to lead their lives. You are the main person because you're 85 years old. And your memory might be slipping, but let's preserve the memory as long as possible by letting you careen through the streets of Tokyo at 100 kilometers an hour. (laughs) Wow. Insane. In the membrane. That's going to be it from me today. I was going to try to end on a lighter note, but that's not happening. Thank you for listening. Go to MatthewPMBigelow.com because you found it. It's the Japan One podcast coming at you out of the back end of Tokyo. The Armpit of Asia. Shinjuku. MatthewPMBigelow.com. Till the next one, everyone. Go out and drive your cars respectfully and go and do your things without murdering other people for once. I think I paid too much.